Hey, hey, Cryptid Chat fans. This is Cryptid Chat with Yami for another episode into the supernatural, paranormal, cryptid, and beyond. However, today I want to take a quick moment um, just to address what's going on right now in America. You know, the world and each of us, I think all of us at home, have been watching the news and seeing the events that have been unfolding this past week, you know, um, with the deaths, the murders of people like George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and so many more, you know, it's, there's not really words, I think, enough to say, to express the pain, the frustration, and the hurt that is being it displayed very openly in this nation. I just want to say that I stand in complete solidarity with the African American community. You know, there has been so much wrong and so much hurt that has been ignored for honestly, you could really say hundreds of years now, and it is no longer enough to just ignore it or stay silent, or not be the person that is saying or doing something. No, now is the time that we all need to unite together and say that there is no place for hatred in America. There is no place for discrimination in America. There's no place for racism in America. So to our African-American community that's out there listening, know that I stand with you. I have been overwhelmed with joy in the midst of this and seeing the support that is outflowing in not only just my friends and family, but also in the cryptid community, the paranormal community, seeing these posts, seeing so much support, seeing people share how people can help. It's it's just been amazing to see people coming together united. And that's that's honestly something that's so incredible to see it's again it doesn't take away the hurt the pain but there's just something innately beautiful about human beings standing together carrying their burdens together supporting each other and i hope that that is something that will never change we are rising up this is a movement that has started a long time ago and unfortunately is still going to have to keep going. We have a long way to go in America, but we stand with you here at Cryptid Chat. Please know that I cannot pretend to even understand what you are going through, but I will use my voice as best as I can and this platform to speak out, to inform to educate, and I encourage anyone listening to please do so the same. Use your voice. If you want to go out and peacefully protest, do so safely as well. If you cannot go, just know that there are ways you can help out by donating to different organizations, different funds. There's also just simple ways that you can text call government officials, and even sign petitions urging for justice now. So there's something that we can all do. Everyone can play a part here to unite together with this movement and show 
solidarity to the African-American community in this time. There's a lot of darkness and a lot of craziness going on in the world, but I think that what is happening right now is the catalyst to change. And change is sometimes difficult for some people and painful, and it isn't always easy, but change can bring growth. And that's what I'm hoping for this country, that we will be able to move forward and things will change and we will see justice for all those who have been wronged and hurt. So just, my friends, keep yourselves educated. Now is the time to listen to the African-American community. Listen to them, please. And join us here in solidarity at Crypto Chat with Yami. Just keep thinking about all our brothers and sisters. We stand with you. We will not ignore these issues. And just know that we are always thinking of you all. All right, so we are just going to jump into this next episode of Crypto Chat with Yami. And I'm so excited to share with you guys some of the research that I've recently been doing. If you haven't listened to our series on Puerto Rico and its different paranormal supernatural happenings, you should probably listen to that. But um, in the spirit of just traveling, and since you know we can't really travel too, too much or too far um, with how everything is in the world right now, I thought that we should do a little bit of traveling via some stories. So I've compiled a list of different cryptids, paranormal stories, conspiracy theories, and even urban legends um, specifically found throughout Asia. So I have for us today a list of six different stories. These stories come to us from Thailand, from Japan, Russia, Mongolia, India, and South Korea. So I'm pretty excited for you guys to hear some of these stories. I'm not going to lie, some of them are really creepy. I'm hoping that most of them you haven't heard of before. And let's just get right into it. So for our first story that we're highlighting today, we are traveling over to Thailand and we're going to talk about the story of the scarecrow of, and I'm going to butcher this and I'm so sorry, the scarecrow of Chiangria. Chiangria? I'm very bad at some pronunciations, but the basic overview of this story is that this was a alien cryptid sighting that took place in 2005, and it was a sighting documented by several villagers in Thailand. So, taking place back in August 31st of 2005, several villagers in Thailand had an experience with a strange cryptid or alien-like creature that they could not really explain. It was described as a small, red-eyed, yellowish kind of humanoid that had no arms, a large head, 
large ears, and then a very small mouth. Um, eyewitnesses also noted that it had pointed feet, and it seemed to be moving or sort of hovering above a rice field that was connected to a small village. So, August 31st, this weird creature is sighted in the morning. The first eyewitness that we have is an adult man who stated that he noticed that while biking past the rice field, um, he saw something kind of hovering above the field. So he really thought, honestly, maybe it's just a scarecrow that got loose and it's just kind of going with the wind. But then he noted that it seemed to move in, in a very intelligent kind of matter and that at one point the creature made eye contact with him and he said in his um, his testimony that it seemed like the creature was nodding at him, almost like asking him for help, which is really creepy. So, as I probably would have done as well, my man runs back to the village to share what he saw to the rest of the villagers, and this led to a group of the villagers coming back to the rice field to also see this creature. The villagers described that the creature, um, seemed to hover it just really wasn't affected by like gravity the laws of nature at all and it didn't really care that it had like a fan club watching right at this point in time it was just doing its thing just hovering doing its doing its little cryptid ufo sort of thing and every villager actually described the creature in the same way so it was hovering there for a little while and eventually it shot up into the air and disappeared. Or like some of the villagers say, it like absorbed into like a bright orb that hovered into the air and then disappeared. So very, very weird sort of happening. Eventually, um, this gained enough notoriety that actually investigators came to the village and they would perform different sorts of investigations. So they checked the rocks, the soil. They even took sketches that some of the villagers had done of this creature. Um, they had reported that the villagers claimed that in the days leading up to this weird creature sighting, they had seen a strange floating fire, what they described, that had fallen near that field. So maybe some type of like meteor crash, like it, they just reported something that kind of fell from the sky and they hadn't really thought anything of it until they had this encounter with this creature and then they kind of put two and two together that maybe it's connected to it. Maybe this creature crashed near the rice field and it was just kind of chilling there until it got some help or it picked up a ride. Who knows? So this whole story gained huge news. It gained a lot of press and it attracted hundreds of curious viewers different investigators um, on a daily basis actually coming out to this remote town, this little village, to see if they would see the creature themselves. This led to the local district office being raided, even, ooh, because there were rumors that the creature had actually not disappeared, and then the police had taken the creature back to um, these offices. So the offices were raided, even though it wasn't there. But yeah, it got crazy. Things got out of hand. So police were dispatched to manage the crowds, to 
handle things. And the police claimed that there was no evidence of the creature even existing. They tried to downplay the situation to control uh, kind of like the mass hysteria that was basically happening around. But the thing is that heavy media presence eventually led to the installation of a camera within the rice fields. So just in case the creature returned, they had left a nice little camera there to see if they could pick up any evidence um, or any images of this creature. So this whole story gained a lot of notoriety. Like I said, in the media, it was covered. It was a pretty big sensation. There were a lot of different explanations kind of given to try and explain or like discredit this happening because the local authorities and the police got pretty peeved that there were so many people that things were getting out of control. So one of the explanations that was given for this specific um creature humanoid thing is that perhaps it really was a scarecrow uh, maybe some type of helium filled doll scarecrow thing so it's worth noting that apparently later a, a another villager from another village came forward and said that um he had a scarecrow that got loose in um a scarecrow that looked similar to what was described as a creature and it apparently had gotten loose during a storm that had happened a few days after so he he initially said that he was afraid to come out with his story because um he wasn't sure anyone would believe him but it's not there's really no way to credit his story i guess to check his story um and it's not sure if he just said it to ride the sensation wave or not so it's just one of those we just don't really know the only thing is that so while the scarecrow that he had or he described seemed to resemble in size and color the creature the scarecrow had arms and it didn't have ears which this creature all the villagers that had i seen it do describe it having so Unfortunately, to this day, we do not know what exactly those villagers saw in that rice field in Thailand. Uh, however, those people, those eyewitnesses, still claim to this day that they saw the creature and that the creature was definitely a living and intelligent creature. So, I'm really not quite sure what to think about this. This um, There was a lot of different coverings about the specific read of I guess accounts and the fact that there were so many people within this village that saw it and described it the same way um, gives some credence to it the only thing is that where the stories kind of like change is where um, in describing how this creature disappeared some villagers said that it disappeared just into thin air. Some said that they like saw it like hover up into a light. So if everyone is kind of watching it at the same time, I'm not sure why they would have different accounts for that. But, you know, I wasn't there and I wasn't the police investigating, so I have no idea. You can, if you want, actually Google this story. Um... So again, that this is the Scarecrow of Chiang Gray. I'm gonna link. I'm gonna. I swear, I'm going to give the names of each of these stories. 
in the link in like our description so you guys can look more for them because there were actually some pictures of the villagers um sketches that were taken by the police so you can get a bit of a a bit of a mental image of what it was described that these villagers saw honestly it seems kind of cute and that may sound really weird but it kind of sounds like a cute little thing and the fact that this little this little dude is just kind of like hovering there and completely not caring if anyone was watching is very interesting and very i just think this whole story is very unique as a potential like ufo story you know there's a linking to a potential crash site but then apparently the police that investigated said they didn't find a crash site they didn't find anything that fell from the sky but I don't know, were the local authorities just so pissed off that they wanted to dispel the story completely? Maybe they left out anything that they conveniently found? Who knows? And then it is what it is. And to this day, the story is still unsolved and just kind of a part of Thailand's sort of urban legends and lores. All right, guys, so we are switching gears from a UFO cryptid kind of story over to, and I hate that I'm doing this to myself, over to a paranormal slash legendary story. It comes to us from Japan. So this might be a story that some of you are a bit familiar with. I hadn't heard of it until I just so horribly happened to stumble across it. And that was a rough night of sleep. <laughs> but this is the legend of the Ukiku doll. And this comes to us from Hokkaido, Japan. So, uh, I'm so hesitant. Honestly, the worst part is that when I was, like, researching this, there was, like, no research site that didn't have literally about 25 pictures of this doll. And just the idea of Scary Haunted Doll already, it scares me. But, like, just the way this, uh, 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 I'm just like, no, getting flashbacks. <sighs> I'm gonna try to contain myself. Besides scaring the crap out of me, it is a pretty interesting story. And it is one that I thought is worth losing my sleep over because I thought that you guys would really enjoy it. So, moving on to the story. So, the Ukiku doll legend is the legend of a doll who is said to have potentially become the home of the spirit of a young girl. So, as the legend goes, in 1918, Ikichi Suzuki, a young teenager in probably about six, like 17, 18 years old, um, chose to gift his younger sister a doll. So he had a younger sister that was about two, three years old. And he gifted her this doll that um, had short cropped hair, a little fringe. It was dressed in the kimono, so very, uh, very traditional Japanese style uh, doll. Uh, as the legend goes, the doll was extremely loved by this little girl. She played with it every single day. She went to sleep with it. It wasn't a moment that she wasn't with the doll. However, tragedy happened. And one day, the little girl passed away at three years old due to an illness that she had um, picked up. So 
very sad, obviously. Very, very sad. The doll was then um, taken by the parents and it was placed in a shrine to memorialize their youngest daughter. So at her gravestone, they built a little shrine. They put the doll there and, and different things, flowers and whatnot. Now, this is where the story gets weird. Like up until this point, it's like, oh, that's really sad. Okay. Yeah, now it gets rough. So apparently... The parents, the family, started to notice something weird. So when they would go to the gravesite to pay their respects, you know, see their daughter, they began to notice something strange with the doll. Pretty much from the moment that the daughter died, this doll's hair, yes, you heard me right, hair, began to grow. Yeah. That's a big no from me. Somehow this doll's hair was growing. And within reason, this scared the shit out of the family. And they were under the impression that perhaps their the doll was being haunted by the spirit of their daughter. Wanting absolutely nothing to do with this absolute terrifying thing. They decided to give the doll to temple monks in 1938, hoping that they could properly take care of it. Uh, so, yeah, if y'all really want to, apparently the doll still resides at that temple to this very day. And in keeping with absolute creepiness, guess what? The doll's hair apparently still grows to this day. Apparently it's rumored that the doll has to have its hair trimmed once a year. Yeah. Um, the priest will cut it once a year. And actually, the priest that um, first took the doll in reported that he had a dream where the spirit, the doll, whatever, actually um, basically told him that that was like, like, okay, like, this is a desire that this thing had was for a tear to be cut, and it was okay. So I guess permission granted, now they do so. What makes this really weird is because you can chalk this up at this point to just being, like, again, an urban legend. Parents that are grieving and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, it's, it's a hoax. The problem is that apparently a study was done by uni a local university professor to test the doll's hair. So like one during one of the trimmings, they took some of that hair and it was tested and supposedly tested positive as human hair. So that is terrifying. I am not a scientist to any degree, but there is no logical explanation for why something that isn't living would be growing human hair. That's a no from me. If y'all do want to see the doll, you literally just have to Google it and you will find it. And you can, and or take a trip to Japan at some point and visit the doll. Um, as far as I could tell, that was pretty much all attributed to the doll. So it wasn't like there was under any other like reports of like any kind of be like things happening around it, phenomenon. It was just the hair growing, but honestly, that alone will do it. Like, God bless those monks who take care of it. I don't, I don't know. 
I don't, I'm gonna, no, just no. Just absolute no <laughs> at this point in time. But moving on from a creepy tale to a slightly still creepy tale. So we're shifting gears from Japan now. We're gonna just swing on over to Russia. And this is the conspiracy theory slash mystery of the buzzer station. So in Russia, there is a radio station. It was under the call sign UVB76 until it changed its call sign and then it would change it again. Um, So this radio station had been on air since 1973. And while that may not seem weird at all, because, you know, we most of us listen to the radio, what is strange about this station is that since 1973 till this very day, this radio station has been emitting a strange buzzing noise to listeners. So the buzzing is pretty much monotonous. Like, it's pretty much consistent 24 hours a day. Um, It's only stopped a handful of time. If it is stopped, you usually hear the voice of someone stating random Russian words or numbers or a like horn type of sound. So very creepy, very weird. And it's not a sound loop. So it's been determined by listeners that it is the noises that are coming from the station that that are being, you know, heard on the station are not a sound loop, but they are being generated manually. So there's someone that's actually, for some strange reason, running this radio station since 1973, and we don't 100% know why. So the origin of the station was originally unknown. Um, It was believed to have started, again, during the Cold War time. And so the station uses shortwaves, which allows for long distance communication which is why actually um this station to this day has like a huge um gathering of listeners all over the world uh different conspiracy theorists and whatnot that are able to listen to it no country has ever tried to disrupt it so while it's gained some notoriety no country has been like shut that thing down it did um stop a few times without like anything said in 2010 for some reason and then our very talented like conspiracy theorists were able to track down that this station moved locations and that the radio signals are now coming from two locations in russia so the the i guess conspiracy theorists you can say that have been tuning into this radio station to try and like decrypt why it exists what message could it be sending who was it sending it to Um, two groups of these people actually ended up exploring and finding the original site of the original signal so the first location where it was broadcasted from and this was a military bunker interestingly enough an abandoned military bunker at this point in time the two new locations that it's being broadcasted from have not been found yet. So people are still trying to track that down. The Kremlin has not addressed it. So the Russian government hasn't talked about it at all, um, which is interesting. 
And so to this day, again, a following of people try to decode it. Listen, I listened to a little clip of it and I was just like majorly creeped out about it. I just thought it was really eerie. Um, in January 24th of 2013, we heard, listeners heard for the first time, an actual like series of words that made sense. So the phrase command 134 initiated was heard again on January 24th, 2013. And this was the first time that a sequence of words like that made sense before it had just been random Russian words, numbers, and things that just didn't really seem to make any type of, of, of obvious sense until this point in time. Also, back in 2010, when it had stopped a few times, they had also heard, listeners had heard, occasional background noise and even conversations, like very muttered conversations. So obviously... Uh, potentially the people that are broadcasting this, they were hearing their conversations a little bit somehow, but it just wasn't enough to be, like, interpreted. They also heard pieces of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake being played, which really made me uncomfortable because I, I, I am a sucker for really pretty orchestra ballet pieces to listen to, to relax. And the fact that that went through this definitely did not relax me and then even better we heard apparently a female's voice slash scream in 2010 yay really upping the creepy factor to this quite a bit so i mean this whole thing is just really strange to me and just searching online i mean there's a lot of reddit threads and different things about it um, some explanations that have been given, for example, are perhaps that it's being used by or for like some type of spy communication, which makes sense with like maybe some of these Russian words and numbers are actually a sequence of like it's a coding that it would make sense to somebody who is a spy and is being trained to understand these kind of phrases to mean something. Honestly, I was getting major vibes to like marvel movies if y'all know where i'm going with this with russian phrases making yeah okay um yeah that's exactly where my head went wonderful um there's rumors also that it's run by the russian military since you know the first location was a military bunker there it's hard to to i guess like separate those two potential things from being linked some say that perhaps it's some type of like death switch for a nuclear strike that's terrifying but it also would kind of make sense to when it started during the cold war but not sure if it makes sense now or maybe it still does because it seems like the world is always two inches from nuclear war who knows and then for our more i guess like out there conspiracy theory explanations some claim that maybe it's being used to communicate with aliens or perhaps on a more reasonable note it's being used as an observatory to transmit changes in the atmosphere and whatnot so i don't know i really don't know what to think about this i do think that we will probably learn more 
as people are still listening to this day and trying to uh, keep very close watch of what is coming through. So I think this is a legend, a conspiracy theory that we're probably going to maybe hear more about. And I would really love to get an explanation, but there's just like some kind of special like satisfaction in certain things, just like not being explained and just being inherently creepy. So who knows, maybe we just won't get an explanation for it. But if y'all are wanting to listen to the buzzer station, there are plenty of clips of it on YouTube and Google. Enjoy creeping yourselves out. All right, all right. We are moving over to Mongolia with one of my favorite really strange cryptid stories. We are talking about the Mongolian death worm. Yes, the worm, the legendary worm. It's pretty well known in the cryptid community. Um, if you haven't heard of the Mongolian death worm, we're basically talking about a cryptid that is said to exist in the Gobi Desert of Mongolia. Um, it is described as being around two to anywhere between two to five feet in length. It is a creature that's about that's kind of like reddish in color, and it has um, spike-like projections on each end and no notable features. So it doesn't seem to have a mouth and there's no arms, legs. It's just literally like, it looks kind of like this like tube-like, worm-like thing. So the thing that makes the Mongolian death worm so notable is that it is very well known and it's a story that's passed down by the nomadic uh, locals and tribes that exist in the Gobi Desert. They, their stories basically tell that the Mongolian death worm possesses the ability to discharge electricity on victims and or spray venom that is like an acid-like saliva. It's pretty badass. So the Mongolian death worm is uh, kind of like, I mean, it like when you, th you hear about the description, you're just kind of like, so, a worm. Cool. But then when you hear the part that but apparently it can, like, discharge electricity or, like, spit acid at you, pretty interesting now. Don't want to mess with that worm. The mere touch of the death worm can cause and inflict serious pain and or death on victims and there have been stories passed down by nomadic um, locals that say, have said that um, several people over the years have died or gone missing and it's attributed to the death worm and also that they prey on camels so these creatures are said to burrow under the ground, and as they burrow under the ground in the deserts, they leave waves over the sand, so you can usually see, like, kind of, like, tracks, basically. Um, but they, yeah, apparently, they, they prey on their camels. That's not cool. But, I mean, anything that can bring down, if you're thinking about, like, the size of a camel versus this creature, like, if it has the abilities that they say it has, it kind of makes sense that it, would, it could take down anything pretty, pretty well. Supposedly, they're spotted mostly in summer, so June, July kind of time, is when you'll see them. 
uh, locals tend to just avoid them as much as possible. Like, it, they, there's definitely, like, a level of, like, respect slash fear. And a very, a very like, definitive belief that these creatures exist. Um, many sightings have been reported by the locals, but there has been no concrete evidence found for the existence of this creature. Uh, back in 1926, a paleontologist who came through the area um, mentioned in his book that he did not believe that this creature existed, but he did note again that the villagers really seemed to believe that it did exist. So up until this time, no definitive proof. We did have a spike of sightings around the 1950s for some strange reason. Um, but yeah, just now sightings are pretty, like every now and then so often. The Gobi Desert is a really like, it is a really harsh environment though. And it has not been fully explored. It is a very desolate place. and. I mean, you know, you should, maybe there is something that does exist out there. You know, obviously these villagers are seeing something. So there have been some attempts to kind of like explain what it could be that the villagers are seeing. So there are um, some people that think that maybe it's a tartar sand boa. Um, or maybe it's some kind of like worm species that just hasn't been like identified yet. Um, there is a rumor though, this is pretty interesting. So I found a rumor that said that supposedly Russia had once found and taken a, a like specimen or like corpse of one of these death worms. So that's a rumor, purely a rumor, but you know, I thought was really cool to note. So, you know, as for explanations for the creature, it could be just a myth or a story. It could be a case of mistaken identity. Maybe it is a creature that just hasn't been discovered yet. Um, we don't know. But honestly, I'm just going to always talk about our little death worm that burrows around in the deserts of the Gobi because it sounds really badass and he will he is a cryptid that is not to be played with for sure moving on over we are moving out of mongolia heading on over to india so this story is a legend cryptid supernatural sort of story that is well known in India, some places in Pakistan, that region. And this is the the um, legend of the Churil or the Chudai. So what this is, is that according to legend, when a woman, when a woman gives birth, uh, wow, that was poorly written. What I meant to say was that when a woman dies giving birth, like during child labor, or while being pregnant, the spirit of the woman can basically come back from the dead to seek revenge for her death, her untimely death. So, described as a legendary creature spirit, 
Um, this creature apparently targets the family, her direct family, and predominantly the males by leading them away and draining their blood or life force. So it's kind of like a vampire sort of like spirit um, that comes to seek revenge, basically. Uh, the creature has been noted in various different types of Indian writings and poems, um, but to this day, people still recount sightings and experiences with them, and there's actually even some of these experiences that have been, like, retold on, like, a local radio station, like, to this day. So, it's pretty cool. Now, what does the Turel look like? So it's described as a hideous looking older woman that has kind of like a large pot belly, um, serpent-like tongue. Sometimes she's described as like a humanoid creature that has fangs. So just like this very grotesque looking animal thing. Um, Churels are also thought to be shapeshifters, so they can and apparently do uh, take the form of a beautiful woman to lure their victims. So basically like they are described as like having like wearing this little hood over them, you know, real cute wearing the hood over them, but like their body looks like that of a young, beautiful woman. So they like lure in their relatives, which is really creepy. Um, and basically lure them to their death and or suffering. A telltale sign, however, of a true real's real identity is that even though they may disguise themselves as, like, a beautiful woman, their feet are turned backward. So they walk backward. So, I mean, I feel like that's something that's really hard to miss. But, I mean, I've also never been under the trance of, like, a, like, vampire-like creature. So I can't say what I would and wouldn't notice, I suppose. I'm not going to judge. The creature is said to roam around cemeteries and other places of, like, death, darkness, so things like that, your very home-like places, that, supposedly, if you get caught in the gaze of a trail, it can result, again, in your death, or um, it can result in your life force being drained and you come, if you are able to escape or let go, you come back looking much older than when you first uh, left, basically. So they feed on life force, on the life force of people, on the blood and the <clears throat> virility of men. Yeah. Interesting there. So the legends say that the best way to avoid a churial is to avoid just one be being created. So basically, it is encouraged to really take good care of pregnant women uh, while they're, you know, pregnant. So to avoid any type of misfortune falling upon them, I feel like that's something you should do anyway. But I would not be upset if someone really took care of me because they didn't want me to come back and suck their blood. No offense taken. Um, and if something does unfortunately happen to somebody who is pregnant or somebody who is giving birth, what you have to do is you have to properly care for that woman's burial. So you have to, you can't cremate, you can't, um, just like give, basically you can't half-ass the ceremony. You have to like really go all, all out. 
give your proper respects for the person who passed away and that will prevent them from coming back and haunting your family. Now, what do you do if there is already a Churiel? Well, apparently they are extraordinarily difficult to get rid of. You could potentially um, perform some type of exorcism, kind of like ritual, to get rid of them. Some people say that you can even exhume the body of the, the woman that, was, that has become the Churiel and perform like sacred burial rites for it to see if that helps um, basically like quell the spirit. But it's also noted that those things may only temporarily work. A Churiel can like hunt down people and then just suddenly stop. And disappear for several years and then come back. So, yeah, just the, really the best piece of advice, apparently, according to legend, is just avoid one being created in general. So, there, there you have it. That's the Churiel or Chudai of India. Wonderful, terrifying, local legend there. But we're going to move on from India over to South Korea. This last story is actually an urban legend. Um, all urban legends, or a good chunk of them, really do have like some type of like realness or truth to it. Uh, so I did go a little bit of research to try and, to try and like find the, some truth to this one. This is the story of the organ-stealing taxi driver. Ooh little fun story here. So if you you if if you're a conspiracy theorist or you just like listening to urban legends and stuff like that, you've probably heard and I have heard from my paranoid mother the stories of like people that will go and be tourists in places like like Europe and different parts of Asia and then they are out partying and clubbing and then they like go out with a friend and they like go unconscious suddenly something slipped to the drink whatever and then they wake up in like a bathtub full of ice and they're like missing a kidney so i've heard those stories tons of times and like it's not that i didn't believe them it's just like Maybe the 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 idea of that potentially being true was like just terrifying enough for me, and I just like I just like suppressed it, kind of a deal. Well, while those stories are basically the stuff of urban legends, there is you know a truth to it in that you know human organs and kidneys are are actually valuable on the black market, unfortunately. So there is a network for things like that. However, in South Korea, in the city of Gwangju in 2013, the town was struck with unprecedented terror at the alleged stories of a organ-stealing taxi driver. So in the summer of 2013, a series of screenshot texts were shared through social media and eventually were uploaded on places like Facebook. They were shared the story of a person who said that a friend of theirs was warning them that there was a taxi driver that was stealing people's organs. So apparently the person said that a friend of their friends took a taxi one night to go home and somewhere along the drive home, their taxi took a wrong turn 
and escalated and the taxi driver pulled out a syringe and drugged the person unconscious. And when the friend came to, they were lying in a field on the outskirts of town and they were bleeding. And upon going to the hospital and being inspected, they noted they were, they were missing a kidney. So this story was shared like wildfire on social media, on Facebook, etc. The media obviously took hold of the story because, hello, this is pretty juicy and very scary. So soon, people legitimately began fearing for their lives. They really thought that there was an organ harvester that was somewhere on the loose in the city. So the thing is that urban legends and stories like this are not uncommon to be heard in South Korea. And lots of stories like this get passed around. However, for some reason, this one really gained a stronghold and it really gained a pretty big reputation. So the story and the terror that came from it actually began to seriously affect the city's taxi businesses. Nobody wanted to drive a taxi in fear that, you know, I drive, what if I take that cab, that cab, you don't know, kind of a deal. Uh, eventually the city's reputation itself was being threatened to be, you know, be, uh, People were looking at it as like this place where something terrible could be happening and whatnot. So local police and authorities took it very seriously and they actually investigated the story. They did say that they found absolutely no evidence of this and they marked it as a hoax. So no evidence. This was a hoax. Not cool. Not okay. Uh, Eventually, things started to calm down and whatnot, but it really did scare people. It, like, actually scared people so much that there's a story of a legitimate story. Let me, let me rephrase that. There's a story of a woman that she called her husband to tell him about the story, and he was in a cab while she told him. So, homeboy freaks out because he's like, oh my god, what if this is the cab? And he actually threw himself out of the cab. And ended up breaking his arm. <laughs> like, holy moly. Also, can you imagine being the taxi driver? And you're just being an honest person trying to get an honest living. And just suddenly this guy throws himself out of your taxi. That's, that's just, oh my gosh. But that just shows you also, like, the real, like, terror that people had. Like, that's scary. That is scary. I am not okay with people going around spreading false stories and scaring the shit out of people. That's not okay. Even if it makes for some good stories for me to share later, it is not okay to scare people. Just saying. So, as I mentioned, you know, this being a hoax aside, it, you know, I mean, organ trafficking is really a serious global issue, and many countries do deal with it. It's not uncommon. You know, people get... Offered money as an incentive to donate an organ, or sometimes in horrible cases, they get it forcibly removed from them. People get kidnapped. So, like, this is a very serious problem. You know, it's worth noting that, like, there is a high demand for organ donations because there's a small amount of donors and it's a global problem. But, um, I did some research, and Korea seems to South Korea has been struggling with this a lot lately. Um, a lot of like a lot of people listen to the media and things like that, of course. So sometimes, like, there was a 
I think it was like a celebrity that he had passed away and through his passing, his organs were donated and he ended up saving a lot of people's lives. So it actually, there was an increase of organ donor, people signing up to be organ donors in the country when that happened. But then on the opposite side, there was a media reporting about like poor conditions uh, linked with organ, like what's called like organ operations. And then when that aired, there was a decrease in people signing up to be organ donors. So long story short, people sign up to be an organ donor, save lives, prevent deranged taxi drivers from taking organs. Just kidding. That was a hoax, obviously. But there you have it, my friends. This was just a few tales of creepiness and intrigue from all over Asia. So again, Thailand, Japan, Russia, Mongolia, India, and South Korea. There was a lot of like other legends and lores that I found that maybe I'll share uh, in the future. There's so many cryptid stories. There's so many culturally tied stories and legends that I would love to share. And yeah, I encourage you guys do some research. Like like there are so many legends and lores tied to different cultures around the world and they're fascinating. And I, I, for me, it gives like a deeper understanding and a deeper appreciation also for me for these different cultures. Like, man, you got to love diversity and culture all over the world. So beautiful. Chef kisses. We love it. We love it so, so much, especially here on Cryptid Chat, because then I get to share with you guys about this sort of stuff too. So thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cryptid Chat with Yami. I just want to give you guys super, super thanks for over 300 followers on Instagram. Come on. That has been amazing. Thank you guys so much for the continued support. Continue to you know, interact with me on social media through Instagram, continue to share the podcast with your friends, like review the podcast. You know, it means so, so much to me. I have so many plans for this podcast moving forward. Um, but I could not be here truly without the support of you guys. So it really does mean a lot to me. Um, keep on sending me memes, sending me stories. I love hearing them. And speaking of sharing stories, I wanted to introduce a new uh, podcast sort of format that we have coming out. So every other podcast episode, I'm going to be featuring viewer submitted stories. So these stories can be anything related to cryptids, anything related to the paranormal, the supernatural, UFOs, conspiracy theories, urban legends, personal experiences. So if you guys have a story that you want to, to share, something that's personally happened to you, someone you know, or a story you think I should hear and, and highlight, feel free to share it to our new email address. So email those stories to cryptidchatgammy at gmail.com. So again, that's cryptidchatyammy at gmail.com. Send those juicy stories my way. Don't worry if you're not that good of a writer. That's all Gucci. Me and my sister are 
writers on the side and we can polish it up if you want. Um, feel free to let us know if you want it to be anonymous or not. That is totally okay. But we want to hear from you guys as well. So send in those viewer submitted stories and every other podcast episode, we will be featuring those. And I'm super excited, honestly, really excited to get to hear your stories. Also, if you just want to send an email, be like, hey, this podcast really, really rocked my world. Thank you. If you want to submit any suggestions at all, also, I am more than open to doing so. So I'm super excited to see where Cryptid Chat will be going. I have a few ideas coming out here. We're hoping to do more live streams on the Instagram to interact with you guys directly. So like more fun nights, uh, hoping to get some people out here for interviews as well. So again, if you want to follow me, the best way to do so is through our Instagram. So if you're not already following us, follow us at Cryptid Chat Girl. Cryptid Chat Girl on Instagram. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I hope y'all have a good, well, this is coming out Monday, so good beginning to your week. And I can't wait to see you guys again on Cryptid Chat.